the business side of things is creativity. Even the marketing side of it is expression and learning to connect with people. And so it's actually something that I've learned to love too, because um, the marketing side of my work, yes, sometimes I have to um, direct people to to buy my books or something like that, but it's also um, learning how to get people engaged with my art. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the show, the Chase Jarvis Live Show. You know the show where I sit down with amazing humans, and today's amazing human is Whitney Hansen. If you are not familiar with Whitney's work, she is a poet. And at just 22 years old, and I mention her age specifically for a reason, because she is one of the wisest, most heartfelt, earnest 22-year-olds I have ever spoken to. It is so impressive, the work that she's done, the depth of the work at such a young age that this is one of the reasons that I wanted to have her on the show. The combination of such beautiful work at such a young age is so inspiring and really, really insightful. Uh, We talk a lot about her creative process, and in doing so, I feel like we gain an insight that we haven't had on the show in a long time. Her vulnerability, her authenticity, her ability to connect with her work and share that with us today on the show in a very straightforward way is incredibly valuable and, as I said, insightful. So I'm going to get out of the way. Yours truly and the incredible poet, Whitney Hansen. Whitney, thank you very much for joining us. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Uh, I'm wondering if, for those who might not be familiar with you or your work, I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, how you, you know, um, how you describe yourself. Because I've just, you know, given them a lovely intro with your background, but it's always better coming from the guests. So tell me a little bit about yourself and help our uh, audience get acquainted. Hi. Well, I am a 22-year-old author and poet. I have been writing poetry since I was probably um, 16 years old, but I've only been sharing it for the past few years. And um, I I like to say that I'm a modern poet um, because I think that in modern poetry, there's a lot more freedom to just express yourself in any way that, that your soul needs and so um, I write a lot of just free, free line poetry. Um, I use some rhyme and I, I use some, uh, some different literary tools. But, but most of all, my, my idea is just to express how I'm feeling and interpret emotions into words. And um, I think it's a beautiful way of, of connecting with people. And so. So that's, that's my main goal is always just to use language to, to connect with the heart. Mm. Well, to say that you connect with people around the world, I think would be an understatement. There are millions of people who pay attention to your work. I first was acquainted with it um, based on your Instagram following. And then, of course, if you peel the layers of the onion, you start to discover um, a couple of other books. You've got a new book that we're excited to chat about today. Um, called harmony but how do you go from being a um as you said you started writing at 16 from a a 16 year old who's writing in you know ostensibly a journal or you know in in your personal capacity what was the transition you made how did you go from doing that on a small focus scale to sharing and then to having books of your works published and read by, you know, people all over the world. You've got several thousand five-star reviews on all of the listing sites, Goodreads and Amazon and all this stuff. And, and help us, you know, fill the gap in between a 16-year-old in their room and now at just 22 years old being a poet whose work is being discovered and read all over the world. Yeah. So I started at 16 not really sharing my poetry with anyone. Um, it was just a tool for me to to better understand myself, I think. And then as I got older, I think towards the end of high school, I created an Instagram account, but it was it was a really small Instagram account. I had 
just like some friends following. I think I had probably 50 followers, if anything. And um, at that time, it was still just kind of a tool for expression. But um, I, I had no big aspirations. I didn't plan on being an author. Um, I just wanted to express myself. And then during COVID, I started making TikToks. And I was just making random TikTok videos. I wasn't actually um, sharing my writing on TikTok. I was just messing around <laughs> doing trends like everyone was during COVID, um, trying to learn to dance, even though I, I was terrible. <laughs> and then <laughs> one day I eventually decided to, to share one of my poems um, and it, it took off. I think it, it got like 500,000 views or something like that. And I, I was in shock. <laughs> and so I, I started to realize that this could be something really impactful. Um, and that's how, that's how it kind of took off with social media. Um, the book, on the other hand, was just kind of a project for me. Again, it wasn't intended for thousands of people to read. Um, I think if I would have told the Whitney who was writing the book that thousands of people would read it, I, I probably would have panicked and stopped writing it. <laughs> um, but now I'm very glad that, that I've shared it. Um, so then that, that book, I ended up self-publishing kind of as a, a personal project. Um, but I'd grown a social media following. So I, I shared the book with that social media following. And um, since then, the book, uh, my first book, it's home. It's called Home, and it took off. and And then Penguin Publishing Company picked it up um, just recently, this past year. And so, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of how I got where I am now. Well, one of the things that I love about your story is the the almost there there seems to be just an innocence of having just like literally been writing for yourself. And it was the fundamental act of deciding to share it, as you mentioned, you know, originally on TikTok. And, you know, and here you are just, you know, a, a couple of years later. And the, if I was going to put myself into the heads and hearts of most people who are listening to the show right now or watching it, that they believe that they, you know, and that, that, that creativity that's inside them. Uh, that there are things that they want to say to the world and messages they want to get out. And they believe whether they're a photographer, or a poet or a designer or an entrepreneur even wants to build something, a, a product or an experience that there's something that's keeping them from that. And I think a lot of us talk about this or think about this as there's these external circumstances that are keeping us from doing the work or creating the, the work that we want to see in the world. and you are essentially a living example of just the process of beginning to share. You, no one knows what can become of your work, right? You can't understand the impact of the work before you start doing it. So I'm wondering if you, you sort of alluded to it there. There was this, if I'd have known that all these people are going to be reading my work, I wonder if I would have, if I would have shared it. Do you have any different insight now on the other, you know, being on the other side of that, that hump, that curve, so to speak, because you did decide to share. And I'm wondering if you would have any advice for people who are probably stuck thinking that, oh, I'm not sure if I just did this, if it would matter, or there, there's something that they're deciding not to do. I'm wondering if you can help me talk them out of it. Yeah, um, I can try. <laughs> so one thing for me was just with with anything that you create, a lot of times you put your heart and soul into it. And when you do that, a lot of fear comes with sharing it. And that was the truth for me. Um, it's like handing the world your your soul and asking them whether they want it or not. And that's, that's scary. Um, but the thing that I've realized is that that fear to me is is a signal that I'm being authentic because I wouldn't be afraid if I was if I wasn't really sharing 
um, something that's that's really personal to me. Um, so that fear for me, it used to kind of shut me down and make me feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't share this. This is this is too much. Um, but now I think that it's a signal to me that that I'm doing what I need to be doing. And um, also on the other side of of that fear is connection, because if if you get past that fear and you share your work or you share whatever kind of art you create, you you open yourself up to connecting with all of these people who maybe feel the same way that you do or experience life the same way that you do. And we can we can get in this lonely bubble all the time where we feel like we're the only ones that see the world in this way or experience the world in this way. And your art is the avenue to reach other people who, who experience the world in the same way that you do. And so there's something really beautiful in that. And that's something that I found on the other side of sharing my work. Was there a consistent sort of conversation in your head about that you, feeling arises that, you know, you're being vulnerable and I'm wondering if if this is sort of a passive process, like you're generally aware that it's happening, or this is an active process, like, oh, there's that voice again, just to remind yourself that that voice says that, you know, on the other side of this is that's where all the best stuff is. And are you consistently having to talk yourself into sharing, or is this very much uh, to say, um, is it a process that's running in the background that you can get, you know, accustomed to? Is it a muscle to build, for example? I'm wondering. I think your words are very resonant and I want to remind people that this work isn't easy. So how does it, how does it show up for you? I would say for me, it's always active and maybe I will get to a point that that's a little bit more like muscle memory. I'm not sure, but even just in this past month, so my book comes out, my, my newest book, Harmony comes out uh, November 7th and this past month, it hit me that feeling of like, oh no, I shared too much. I I overdid it. I I was too vulnerable, or maybe nobody's gonna relate to this. Like that that scared feeling, it hit me again, and it always does when I'm sharing something that's extremely real and honest. And um, so so the reason I even talked about this is because it's something that I'm experiencing right now. Um, and something that I have to constantly be like, okay, Whitney, check yourself. <laughs> you're fine. Um, the reason that you're afraid is because you're being authentic and that's what you want is to be authentic. And so, um, yeah, it's definitely an active thing for me. Let's talk about the medium for a second, the medium of poetry. Do you have any formal training? Did you go to, you, you just talked about finishing uh, college and you're back home with your family now in Montana. Did that process of college, were you actively writing and working on poetry? Was that your field of study? And, you know, take us back into high school. You know, there are no rigorous curricula around poetry when you're in high school. So is this a formal thing, informal thing? Where did you, you know, where did you discover both your, your interests and your talent? I'll start with high school. And then I'll work my way forward. In high school, we we did some like segments in poetry in school. But one thing that was super impactful for me is that I, I had a high school teacher and she read some of my poetry and she was really encouraging. And she would send me like poetry competitions that I could enter. And um, she even like would, would recommend poetry books and, and things like this. And so um, that's where I kind of started was just reading work of other people. And then also just having someone who really encouraged my love for poetry, because I think poetry is kind of um, in some ways a lost art and it's re it's reemerging. But um, I think that a lot of times people don't think of, of poetry when they think of the first art form that they think of. Um, so it was really good for me to have that encouragement. Um, but I, I never really studied poetry. I, I, I read some poetry and then I, I wrote whatever I felt like I needed to write. Um, so then going into college, uh, 
like I said, I didn't have any plans to be an author. And so I, I bounced around as my major a few times because I didn't really know what I wanted to be doing. Um, I didn't study like English or writing or poetry or anything like that in school. Um, I started out actually studying sign language interpretation. <laughs> and then I switched to um, business marketing. And the main reason that I switched was because I had no idea what I was doing. And everyone told me, get a business degree if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and that turned out to be the, the best move for me because um, my art still still remained my art. Like poetry was completely separate from school for me. And I think that that was important because it, it kept it, um, it kept it like a form of expression that, that I still enjoy. Like, you know how sometimes when you're forced to do something, you stop enjoying it. Um, so I'm kind of glad that I didn't study poetry in school because I think that might've changed my love for it. Um, but on the other hand, um, studying business marketing was, was really good, I think, because um, it helped me when it came to um, making this poetry thing into a business. Um, I, I built my own website. I, I learned a lot about, um, about analytics and things like that. So I think that that that's, was the right path for me. It was an interesting way of getting there, but. Well, yeah, that's the reason I ask is because most people, you know, there are a couple of stories that we, and I'm saying we as sort of like the collective cultural societal, we, we tell ourselves, oh, well, I'm not qualified because I don't have this degree and I didn't go to this school or learn under this, you know, this, um, I didn't apprentice under someone who's world famous for their, you know, their poetry or whatever art. You know, that's one story that we tell ourselves that we, we can't do it because, and the other one is that, oh, now, as, as you said, uh, I've done this my whole life. It's the only thing I know, but now my work becomes my job and my job becomes, or, or my, my passion becomes my job. And then you know, that we, we all know how that goes. You, you shared that. And I appreciate you for sharing your story specifically because there are people out there that are, you know, that, that have that narrative as the dominant one. And to hear someone who has had as much success without formal training and specifically through channels that are available to everyone, basically their own journal at home, social channels, and just, you know, basic basic storytelling with the free tools that are out there on the internet. Like it's my hope that more people get the courage that you have and that you've demonstrated and go for it. So again, in an advice sort of way, if you could talk directly to a listener who you feel like, you know, might be stuck, um, you feel like you can share some insights that you learned about that process about um, trusting your instincts that even because you didn't have formal training, that what you had to say was valuable, worth it. And whether it was, you know, it was, uh, viewed, you know, 10 times or 10 million times. I'm wondering if you can tell your story a little bit. Yeah. I, I honestly came from a, a place where I didn't feel like my poetry was, um, valuable or worth it at first um because I, I didn't share initially and um I also didn't gain this huge following um until later after I'd shared some of my poetry so I I didn't I didn't realize um at first that that my poetry could be impactful for people and that um I could come from a background of not apprenticing under someone or um studying poetry and um but eventually I feel like I I just had to realize that connecting with people is something that we all know how to do like you don't have to have any formal training to to be human and we are all alike in so many ways that if you're sharing something that's true to your experience, you're sharing something that is going to reach another human. 
And so I would just say that that as long as you are being authentic, you are going to be able to connect with people with your art, no matter what your art is. To that end, this we're, we're sort of zooming in on the authenticity piece, which has obviously been a theme in your work, in our conversation already. I'm wondering if you can, uh, have there been times where you've written something and you've said, this is not true for me, or this is not authentic, or do you have a direct pipeline to your, you know, authentic core? Because, you know, if I'm, I also became a writer later in life and it was difficult for me. I had to trash tens of thousands of words in my last book because it just didn't feel, it didn't feel true to me after I saw it on the page. And I felt like there was this, a desire to sort of act or frame or shape the narrative in a way that felt better to my ego, but at the end it wasn't, it wasn't all that real. So I'm curious, have you had that experience? What do you do when, when you get that experience? And again, I'm asking because I think this is a hurdle for so many people. So how do you manage that? I've experienced that um, in the way that you're talking about, but also because of being so present on social media, um, you can kind of get sucked into like the algorithm trap of, of like mm. creating art for the algorithm. And I've definitely noticed it in that way um, where I, I realize I'm no longer being authentic. I'm just sharing what people will like or what I think will get views. And um, I think I get, I used to get sucked into it a little more than I do now um, when things first started um, blowing up on TikTok or Instagram. I would I would find myself thinking I'd be writing and then I'd be thinking about well what are people going to think of this or how how can I frame this in a way that that is going to relate to people and I'm like that's not what I need to be doing um I need to frame it in a way that is true to me and then it will be relatable to people um and so I find that I run into that that issue sometimes. Um, I also find that sometimes I go back and read old work and I think, you know, that's not authentic to me because because I've changed so much since I wrote this. And I'll be really hard on past Whitney and I'll be like, what was I even thinking? That I don't even agree with what she said. <laughs> and um that's another part of the process that I'm learning to accept is sometimes our authentic self now isn't completely aligned with our past authentic self. And that's okay because in both moments, you are still being true to yourself. Um, so that's just another thing that I, I have come across in along those lines. There's so much wisdom in that. And do you feel a sense of trying to reconcile that past work or have you trained yourself to now just move on? You mentioned reading it. I look at photographs that I took 20 years ago and I cringe and I'm like, Oh my God, like that was literally the first picture in my portfolio. And now I, you know, I, I want to do everything I can to distance myself from that. And you, that you said that, and now I'm sharing the same thing is even, you know, a, Case studies of two will tell you that it's probably pretty common among authors, but you seem to be okay with it. Does that make you not want to read your past work or do you read your past work with a certain lens? Because, you know, th these are, <laughs> these are themes that all creative people are going to encounter and I'm looking to learn a little bit from you. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give off the impression that I'm like, <laughs> okay with it because I'm definitely saying these things because I struggle with it. Like I, I have a hard time embracing the, the work that I've created previously and being like, this is really good, even though I've grown since then. Um, so 
I'm still working on it at all times. <laughs> but the one thing about being an author and and being a traditionally published author is that the process of publishing a book, you like my book Harmony that comes out this year, um, I wrote last year. And so that's always a really difficult thing because it's been a since I even wrote these things. And I'm like, some of them I don't necessarily feel connected with anymore, but I do know that at a time I was connected with them. Um, and so that's definitely a struggle with, with authors. And I'm sure there are other creatives that have the same um, feelings, like they create this whole thing. And by the time it's released or by the time they share it with the world, it doesn't necessarily reflect where they are now. And um, just realizing that that's okay. And and that it's okay that you are growing and that um, you should still share that past work because it reflects a picture of you in a moment of time. And that picture of you is just as real as the picture of you now, even if the picture of you now is um, different. Very, very helpful. Thank you. Um, one of the things that I have, I guess, noticed in all sorts of different creative disciplines, my, before I was a photographer, I painted and I I essentially painted as an experiment. Like, I don't know if I'm going to like this, but I was sharing a studio with a guy who's a great painter. And I was like, Oh, it helps me understand, you know, light and color and mood. And, and it was an experiment as a lot of things are, especially early on in a creative career. And these sort of, these early experiments, um, they definitely shaped the future photographer that I would become. I'm wondering, were there other sort of, uh, creative experiments in your past? Even your young self, you talked about really like not even writing much poetry prior to being, I think you said 16. So I'm wondering, even at a young age, was there were there creative experiments that you felt like you were running that you can only really make sense of now that like, oh, you know, that this this part of me was, um, you know, yearning to express myself i didn't really i couldn't make sense of it then but you know you can connect the dots looking backwards were those those early experiments are you aware of them and you know is this a piece of something that you relate to now or did was it more of like a snap your fingers an awareness that poetry is your medium and uh and you're gonna go all in yeah the biggest thing for me is um music actually like i started listening loving and writing music when i before i ever got into poetry and um and i think that music and poetry are very similar um and that's that's a whole spiel in itself and i'll probably i'll probably tell you about that but um to begin with i i did start with music and i think that um, the connection between music and poetry is, is really big. And so um, I, I wrote music before I, I ever started writing poetry. And I think that taught me a lot about rhythm and rhyme and, um, and linguistic tools and things like that. So that was really big. Um, but yeah. Okay. That's fascinating. So music, the way that I think of it is poetry plus you know, an instrument and sound and, you know, some of these other things. So it seems like you went from something that would be, could be perceived as actually more complex because poetry is like one element of a song, assuming there are lyrics to the song. Um, and so this journey that you were on, it seems to me to be backwards, right? You'd think it would go from something that was more simple to more complex. You had words and phrases and, and, some basic rhymings, and then you layered in, you know, music and instrumentation and all these other attributes that would go on to then become a song. So, um, did you do it backwards, or am I just making <laughs> this up, or how how did it feel natural to you? I think that in some ways I did do it backwards, but I almost think that I kind of see them as one and the same. Um, with poetry and music, because a lot of times when I'm writing poetry, 
I'm listening to music um, and it feels kind of like I'm interpreting the music, like music without lyrics. It feels kind of like I'm interpreting the music into poetry when I, when I do that. Um, so I kind of just feel that, that they're very connected. Um, and so, yeah, in, in some ways, maybe I'm dissecting, I'm dissecting music and then pulling it out and taking poetry out of it. Um, but I, I do definitely think that there's just a big connection between poetry and music. Let's switch gears for a second now and look at this business part of it. You mentioned it casually. You, you went to college and got a business degree and you intentionally kept that separate from your art. And that works for some people and other people have a different, you know, they want to combine these things at school, especially if it's a, something they're passionate about because passion gives us energy and energy helps with results, right? With volume as an artist and depth and, you know, eagerness to, to make stuff. Um, it seems like there is, you, you've compartmentalized these nicely. Um, and right now there are a bunch of creators who are listening to this and say, I'm just not very good at business. Uh, you know, my job, I'm going to make the song. I'm going to, um, you know, design the poster or the graphic. I'm going to, you know, compose the symphony, but there's this blocker as soon as it comes to trying to make a living from this work or trying to get paid at all. So I'm wondering, you know, how did you make that transition to to like, no, this can be a business. You talked about it in the sense of sort of marketing and analytics. I'm talking a little bit more on a psychological level. You're like, no, I'm now a published author. I have a contract with Penguin. They're publishing, they published my last book after I put it out independently and now they're publishing my next one. Like, again, what was your personal experience navigating that? And as a sort of a corollary to that, what advice can you give to other people who maybe don't identify as business savvy, but have certainly have something to learn from you as a 22 year old who shifted gears and now you're making a, a living and a life as a, as a published poet and author. Yeah. I think that there are a few things that stop people from, um, from breaking into like the business side of things when they're an artist. Um, I think one of the things that stops people is, is not realizing that, the business side of things is creativity. And I say that in a way that like, I, I started taking business classes and I honestly wasn't thrilled about it because I'm a creative and I was like, this is going to be excruciating. <laughs> and then I got into these marketing classes and I realized that, that it's all creativity. Like even the marketing side of it is expression and learning to connect with people and so it's actually something that I've learned to love too because um, the marketing side of my work yes sometimes I have to um, direct people to to buy my books or something like that but it's also um, learning how to get people engaged with my art and um, I think that that being creative being creative in that way um, is a different kind of creativity, but it's it's still it's still creativity. Um, and so I I learned to kind of have fun with with the marketing side of things as well. Um, the other thing that I the other thing that I think stops people is um, it's hard to promote your own work. It's hard to um, you know say read read my book or uh, look at my art. You know it's hard to put yourself out there that way. Um, and and I think that your art deserves to be seen and your art needs to be seen in there. Even if it, there's just one person out there that needs to see it, um, it, it is impactful. So I think that getting past that, that blocker of one, thinking that the business side of things is like boring and not creative and exhausting, and two, getting past um, the idea that promoting your work is, is not what you should be doing because um, your art does deserve to be seen. 
very well said. I I find that to be super inspiring, and also I have a similar experience. This it specifically also helping others. When I hear you know friends or other people in my community, this community, it the idea of honoring, like promoting your work, it, it, in a sense, is a way of honoring it, and as you said, if it's authentic and if it's authentic, the human experience is pretty similar. Despite all of our differences, there's a lot of similarities. And if you're feeling it, the chances are that there are, there's a pile of people in many cases, millions or even tens of millions who would resonate with that work. And so this act of, of um, putting in the work to help other people receive that work to me is, is so true and that is a that is it seems like there's a bunch of themes in the show and that is a, a theme that is often misunderstood or we sweep it under the carpet especially people who don't naturally are, are not naturally inclined to that they sweep it under the rug because they feel like it's no the work should just get discovered if it's good it will make its way out into the world and i just think that's you know that's fiction and a lot of people you know yourself included now who've been guests on the show uh validate that let's talk about your community for a second i used my community there um do you feel like you have fans and followers or community are they the same or separate overlapping not you know what's the venn diagram of fans followers and and community like i was saying earlier about like poetry and and putting your art out there is a way of like sending a signal out to the universe to like like-minded people or people who are experiencing or going through the same things you are. Um, that's, that's my community is, is it's a bunch of people who saw my work and said, you know, Hey, me too. And I think that that is really incredible because it's basically like I've built this community of, of all these people who in some ways think or feel similar to the way that I do. Um, and so I, I would say that I, I definitely have um, more of a community than a fan base. And I think that the community, like even in my comment section, um, it's, it's not like people, I don't know, being big fans of Whitney. It's more like people talking and discussing the topics that I write poetry about. And I think that that's really beautiful is to see all of the different people connecting and um, relating. Was there a point where you said this is, it, it sort of went from these are journal entries to this is poetry? Or was it always poetry? Like I'm writing poetry or am I just making notes to myself in my personal journal? Like, was there a stake in the ground moment? Um, I think that, I always called it poetry. Um, and I think the line between something being not poetry and being poetry is very blurry. <laughs> and I think um, that anything that you write that you want to call poetry, I, I'll say, yes, yes, that is poetry. Um, and so I think that a lot of times people will say that like my work is, I mean, some of it's more poetic in the way that it uh, uses more uh, metaphors and um, different linguistic tools, whatever. Um, and then some of it's more like prose, what you would call prose, and it's more of just like a journal entry. Um, but I call all of it poetry because I just think that, that any kind of um, interpretation of your soul any kind of interpretation of your emotions is poetry and um that's a whole that's a whole debate too in um the poetry community because there's a lot of people who want to cling to this idea that poetry can only be one thing it's only poetry if it rhymes it's only poetry if it uh, uses this many um metaphors you know and i think that if if it if it makes you feel something and um, if you relate to it, I think you can call it poetry. That's really a, a, I mean, 
we can say that about all art. And I think we should here on the show for a second, like what other people are defining, you know, as the reason that we have these words, it's just, it's basically like a close approximation. Like if I say poetry, I kind of know what you mean. And if you dissect any of these things, poetry or photography or making a film, when is a video a video? When does it become a film? Like all these things are really blurry. And you know, my, my sense is that if you're, if you're haggling, 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 there you go. Haggering is how I look. <laughs> if you're haggling over these, these, these terms, um, speaking of linguistic tools there, if you're haggling over the haggling over these terms, you're doing it wrong. You're focused on the wrong thing. As you've talked about, it's so much about conveying an emotion and connection and, uh, and sharing. And I'm, I, I feel like exploring this topic because I think so many people who have something to say get caught up on the wrong stuff. They get caught up in the like, oh, does this check, you know, a certain number of boxes such that it would be received by my high school teacher as a good piece of, you know, fill in the blank piece of art or a good poem or is this prose or, and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. So do you have any advice to someone who is caught up? I don't know if the best way for me to explore my, you know, express myself is through painting or poetry or, um, or prose, or when do I turn my journal inside out and share it? Like, there are a lot of people, you know, and I keep coming back to this as a theme, and I am asking you to explain this because you're, you know, relatively new to your profession, and there's just so much vigor and energy, and you seem to have avoided so many of these traps or navigated them really beautifully. And, and I'm, I'm wondering, there are people who are stuck right now trying to decide what's the best mechanism? What's the... And you, is you just like, you just cut through all that. How do you do that? And what do you tell those people? I would say to take all of those labels, whether you're trying to fit in the box of poetry, whether you're trying to fit into the box of art, whether you're trying to fit into the box of filmmaking, whether you're trying to make, fit into the box of comedy, whatever your art form is, take the label and just chuck it out the door for just a second. And then just think about what you are wanting to express and what is the best way to express it. And it doesn't have to fit into a category or you can just say it fits into a category if you want. That's what I do. You know, if I write something and it's not really poetry, it's poetry because I said it's poetry. Um, so either just chuck those labels out the door to begin with and then and then express what you need to express in the best way that you feel like you can express it. Um, that, that, that'd be my advice. That's really good advice. And I think you just shot a dart into a bunch of people's brains right there. That's going to be very, very <laughs> helpful. Um, all right. I want to like zoom out a little bit and uh, a little less heavy. Like what's, what's next? You've got a book that we know we want, we're talking about. Harmony, which comes out on November 7th. I have, you know, advanced copies. It's absolutely stunning. Do you feel like you have a lot of books in you, a lot of work? Do you feel like you, you, books are your primary vehicle right now? Are there other, you know, you have other projects on the horizon, obviously your Instagram and, and TikTok, you know, as you zoom out, what do you get excited about? I think most, the most I get excited about is the books probably. Um, I, I think that like having all the different separate poems and then putting them all together into a collection is a really beautiful thing. And the way I like to make my collections is I like to make them kind of like a story so that the poetry gives you this big picture of, of a journey almost. Um, and so I'm excited for people to read Harmony, um, and I'm excited to work on whatever's next. I don't have um, anything in the works yet, but uh, I am sure that I will come up with something. <laughs> awesome. Paint a picture for us on the way that you work. I think about artistic process here. 
um, is this, you know, early morning, you talked about listening to music that doesn't have lyrics as a background to your writing. You talked about thinking of things in sort of this narrative arc. Um, but paint a picture for us. Is this like late at night, you know, curled up with your journal or are you sitting up bright light, cup of coffee in the morning, sun coming in on your laptop, like creative process? I think I'm very non-routine in the way that I work. Um, and I kind of just work with my energy. Um, if I feel one day that I have a lot of creative energy, then I spend that day sitting on the couch, listening to music and writing. Um, if I feel that I don't have the creative energy, I don't, <laughs> um, because I think that forcing it usually doesn't end up creating very good art. Um, I think that I kind of work really sporadically. I don't wake up every morning, get my cup of tea and sit down and write. Um, I wake up and sometimes I wake up and I have some crazy dream and suddenly I need to write something. Um, sometimes I wake up and that's not the case. Um, I find that if I feel stuck in my writing, um, movement is always good for me. So like actual physical movement, like I go mm -hmm. for a run, I go for a walk, I do something, um, I do yoga sometimes. And a lot of times in that process or through after that process, I'm like, I, my head is cleared or I have some inspiration that I hadn't had before. Mm, valuable, super valuable. Um, last question here. I guess last topic, because you may have a couple ways that you want to talk about it. The modern creator, you talked about your poetry being modern and so many, you know, clue, we take so many clues from the people who come before us, um, artists of all, like you talked about being inspired by, you know, music, for example, and the best work that I have done has been inspired by people who are outside the genres that I've done with. I'm writing, you know, I get a lot of uh, interest and expression and value from other mediums. And same, I talked about how my, you know, photography was inspired by painting and my life as an artist was inspired by Andy Warhol, Jean-Michel Basquiat, these other folks. So what well, is this, has this always been true or because we have access to so many creative inputs today? we're always, are we always redefining these genres? You talked about being a modern poet. Like, what does that mean? Is it okay to, you know, to borrow, beg, steal from so many different sources? Like, what's your philosophy on this? Like, how do we control inputs? How do we manage them? Or is it a free for all? And we should just, just gobble up things that inspire us and then go create more art. Again, I kind of want to bring this through like a social media lens, because I think that that's one of the big ways that we end up almost over consuming art um, or, or not consuming long form art, just short like snippets of art. And um, I think that flooding yourself with that kind of information can kind of leave you in like a state where you don't even know what to create because there's just too much going on. Um, and so I think the mm -hmm. overconsumption of, of maybe short form art can kind of leave you confused. And so I do think mm -hmm. that, um, experiencing things in more long form ways, like I think that people, for example, people listening to my poetry on social media and just getting one poem, I think that that's impactful. But I think that sitting down and reading a book of poetry um, might be more moving and more inspiring to go create your own art. Um, so I think that I just would want to remind people to consume art in in more long form ways, like go watch a movie instead of scrolling on TikTok or um, go to an art museum and like sit in front of the same piece of art for 20 minutes and see what you see. 
Um, yeah. Love that advice. And I absolutely agree. Our, our ability to consume art is like little, I don't know, little sips of air is on the surface. It feels neutral or benign or maybe even good, but I do think that there's something missing. So I'll take that uh, as a, um, as a reminder for all of us to consume a little bit less and, or a little more deeply and create a little bit more. Uh, Whitney, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I am just over the moon. So excited for you, your new work. Again, most recent book just dropping now. Harmony, available everywhere books are sold. I'm looking at it on Amazon. Uh, and I do feel compelled to point to your last book, as you mentioned, which was picked by Penguin, called Home. I'm looking at 3,446 five-star reviews um just staggering and and so inspiring to hear you share uh how you started your career and put all this work out in the world as uh as a young 22 year old incredible poet and author so thank you for being a guest on the show and for uh, is there anyone else you'd, you'd steer us besides picking up the books you know you you mentioned building your personal website uh, any other directions for our listeners and watchers today um pick up the books always you can always check my website Whitney Hanson Poetry to see what else I'm up to um sometimes I have other projects going on um and so yeah awesome thank you very much from Whitney and myself Whitney out in Montana myself out here in Seattle we both wish you an amazing day and thank you for listening until next time signing off all right. Hey, before you go, thanks so much for listening. And if you got value from this show, chances are your community will too, right? In the particular lies the universal. Please share this link to the show with a friend or mention the show on social. That is a huge benefit for us in hopefully in exchange for providing value to you. I want you to know that I really appreciate your time, the attention, anything that you give to the show and the questions that you ask our guests either on social media or through my text community, all of that is pure gold. This community, like any community, is a testament to that old phrase, a rising tide floats all boats. And by elevating one another, by sharing and resharing this show, the tidbits that you learn and the experiences you take away all of that has a collective, massive, positive impact on the world. So just a quick thank you. I appreciate all the effort you put into sharing for this show. All right, that's a wrap. Let's put today's episode into practice and get back to growing together. <laughs>